Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Good morning, RJ. Good morning. How are you? That was my best, uh, my best Charlie's Angels voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's an unusual time for us to record. It's uh, it's actually Monday morning. Usually, we're on uh, on Sunday evenings, but. Uh, kid got sick, so RJ kindly delayed until this morning, and uh, yeah, it just just feels a little bit weird. Yeah, and it's kind of early before work to get this yeah. done. Yeah, um, so. not no, not to get this done, but no, I we're getting it done. Today. We're, we're so just checking it uh, off. You know, so. we're just we're mailing it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got some really good uh, content for you today. Yeah, uh, some usual stuff and some uh, uh, different stuff that we alluded to uh, uh, last week. But mm-hmm. uh, before we get into it, any any things from biathlon races this last weekend or anything else you wanted to uh, to mention? Yeah. Did you did you happen to watch any this weekend? You know, the funny thing is, I I um, just kind of just checked in the uh, the races twice mm-hmm. and. Twice, I came in exactly when Bolton was shooting, <laughs> and I, yeah. I really don't know why, but yeah, it was just very uh, uh, incidental, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, I, it was funny because I, I got was... a uh, I got a random message from you. I think when he was going into to, to shoot, I, I don't remember which race it was, and uh, um, I actually was not watching at the moment. So you made me you made me realize, oh my gosh, I need to turn it on. <laughs> Yeah, it's well. I don't know if you saw much of it, but uh, um, what stood out to me, and I even forgot the—I didn't write down the name of the German guy that we yeah, messaged you about. Oh, Kaiser! Yeah, yeah, he was so excited when he came across the finish, <laughs> yeah. and then because he—I think he had—he shot clean, yeah, and he skied very strong. So mm-hmm. he was like, "Man, this is this is one of those races where it can happen." And then, yep. like, you could just literally. St- see the 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 happiness drain from his face all of a sudden i didn't mm-hmm. hear anything but you see you see him look at the coach with a big smile and then it goes down and i can only <laughs> imagine that the coach would have said yeah button was clean too and he's about two minutes ahead of you <laughs> it was and that's just close. yeah i crushed him i just find it so hard to imagine same with lampage that yeah you know these are all like extremely fast skiers, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that they're still, um, you know, we we had our uh, friend that we interviewed from Mexico, you know, started late with skiing, et cetera, not a lot of snow to work on so that they're slower than, you know, the mm-hmm. majority of the field. You get that. You can relate to that. But at the top, you know, uh, Simon Kaiser is, you know, probably one of the best younger German athletes. Mm-hmm. And then to to be you know get your butt kicked by two mm-hmm. minutes yeah. on a sprint, and <laughs> what I found funny is that uh, yeah. Bowden also skis on the Matthews Rotefella uh, yes. ski binding combination. Yeah, but I mean I can't imagine that that gives you two minutes. No, and yeah, I, I mean it... even even if that gives you benefit, and he had the best wax in the world that they. I guess two minutes, that's, that's so much, you know, that is, 
<sighs> I mean, Bowden would have had to have like so. Bowden, Bowden shot clean, right? He was he was clean. Well, but yeah, he could yeah. have had what three misses, and still have yeah. easily been ahead of Kaiser. Right? You know, it would have been close with him and Uldal, but it would have been it would have been quite a race. Do you remember last year that that yeah. I did a post on on what do the what do what does yes yeah JT Bow need to do to give yeah. the others a chance? Yeah, and that's very easy. Similar story with this guy. Yeah. Let's see, and it, and he's me not of, going, right? He is not going. He's not nope. going to the World Championship, no. Nope. No, he is not. Um, man, man. Yeah. So, uh, and it was interesting because, uh, so this was, it was in Arbor. And uh, the yeah. weather looked exactly like it did in Oberhof. You know, sort of that yeah. warm sloppiness. And he did not race particularly well in Oberhof. He also had a couple of, uh, we'll call them rookie mistakes when he, uh, we did the extra, the extra penalty loop. Was that it? Was that? Yeah, when he gave, yeah, yeah. And then I, he started. I don't he started early in the was, pursuit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So to give um, everybody else a chance, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, clearly did just fine in the conditions this week. Yeah, and, was... and then you know the rest of the week it was just you know Norwegians mostly at the top, right? I think in that in that race, Norwegians had positions one, two, four, five, and six. Uh, with Kaiser just kind of squeezed in there in third place, and then in the other in the other men's sprint, they took the first six positions. So, you know, just a regular old IBU Cup weekend for the Norwegian men. Yeah, it's um, uh... interesting though. Interesting. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the juniors for a minute. So, uh, there was similar domination by an unusual source. The Austrian women uh, took right. five of the nine total. Uh, podium spots on the on the junior cup this week that was kind of neat you know i just don't see that yeah. kind of thing happen um they also had a couple other top fives in there as well um led by uh my girl on who i'm sure i'm mispronouncing her name but um <laughs> so i've actually i'm actually working on something about her because i i just find her really fascinating because this year she has won every race but one that she's raced on the junior level she went up to the ibu cup for a bit had a podium a couple other really good like a couple of top sixes as well and then they actually sent her back to the junior cup and my whole thing that i've been working on is like she's 21 why is she racing on the juniors as opposed to the ib like why wasn't she in arbor this weekend um because she has mm. shown she has the ability to race at that level so i'm just kind of curious um and trying to compare her do you to think other... their team was kind of full for the ibu cup and she can I, still be in your juniors i guess but i just i you know she's she is racing on a level with a lot of the other top women in her like 19 to 21 year old age group. And almost mm. every single one of them is on the IBU cup. So it's just kind of a, right. Um, an unfair, uh, I shouldn't say unfair because she is in that age group. She's just really good. And so she is yeah. racing against people who are her age peers, but her, her biathlon level peers are kind of up. Anyway, well, I just one yeah. thing that came to mind is, um, and I know this is maybe more applicable to like U.S. and Canada, that it could just be a budget, uh, could be yeah. issue, right? Yeah, and it could also be that she's still studying and doesn't want to sure. travel as much, or I don't know. So, uh, yeah, announce, announcing uh, to RJ as well as everybody else, I've put in an interview request with the Austrians to see if we can get her on at some point after <laughs> the season. Just nice. I'm curious. Um, but, but like Bowden, she won the two women's sprints by a minute and a half each. Um, so, uh, wow. it's pretty, pretty, pretty dominant. 
Are you still going to ask if uh, Lisa Hauser can do the translation for us? Or Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> We're still friends. Like, I still have a soft spot in my heart for her. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention about two things about the junior levels was uh, Sondris Ledemark, uh Ukulek's younger mm, brother, yep. uh, placed fourth in uh, one of the two sprint races, which is pretty awesome. And, it, and it's interesting how his style of racing contrasts with Ukulex because he is pretty fast and is still working on the shooting, whereas Ukulek is like a, a tremendous shooter and the, the skiing is coming yeah. along. Um, but anyway, it was fun to see him in fourth and I'm hopeful that a few years down the road that could be a fun just uh, single mixed relay. You know how every now and then you yeah, see no these single mixed relay teams like um, like the Belgium's kind of popping up there and It'd be mm-hmm. fun if, you know, in five or six years, you see Greenland every now and then getting into the, the top six. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Um, and then speaking of, and of really. Since they are. So at the Olympics, they're participating uh, for Denmark, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they might, because there was, remember, there was a Danish athlete that I oh. mentioned last week. Yes. So An maybe we'll have enough relay for team. a mixed relay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, and then speaking of underrepresented. Uh, nations. There was a Mongolian gentleman. E N K H B A T. I am bad enough with European pronunciations, Mongolian pronunciations. I'm not even gonna <laughs> gonna attempt. But uh, as far as I can tell, it's the best ever finish for a Mongolian in any level of biathlon. Nice. Yeah, sixth place. Huh. So uh, cool. Not bad at all. Anybody else? Anything else that that caught your attention this weekend and in, in the actual racing? Um, no, I don't, yeah. don't think so. It was fun. Uh, it's, it's kind of nice. I, I, I enjoy having a weekend of not world cup, if only because I actually spend time paying attention to more attention to the IBU cup and the junior cup. But the IBU cup yeah. Yeah. I, I, feel I, that too. I, I do miss, yeah. I do miss the world cup and I'm very happy. It's coming back in two days. Uh, yeah. Um, and so one thing that was a bit funny is that I was, Kind of looking for Matthias. <laughs> yes. Yeah. On the on the TV screen, where yeah. it's like he's got to be there somewhere. Uh, oh, he was. Did you see it? Did you actually on, see him on Instagram? I didn't see him on the TV screen, but uh, he was helping out the Canadians with their with their ski prep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I thought that was neat because even though he's working for the Germans now, he was. Yeah. So he had a bunch of a bunch of Instagram posts of hanging out with the with the Canadian group. Talking about the Canadian group, um, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, I've mentioned Trevor mm-hmm. Kears a couple times. Yeah. Um, he announced, it wasn't clear if he's retiring right away or after the season, but he has decided that, um, you know, after uh, many races, 33 at the World Cup level, 27 at the Youth Junior, and 36 on the IBU Cup level, um, he has decided that uh, he's going to, take a different direction as a non-biathlete and um, move forward. Um, I've only talked to him once or twice, but uh, and I know he's listened at least once. So from here, um, thank you for your contributions to the Canadian team. And hopefully we'll see you at the range and maybe even on the Monday night practice group. Um, yeah. Might be it's a little, always a little young to, for you. Uh, hey. <laughs> well, isn't the name the fast and the fossil? Yeah, but there we need to have fast people too. <laughs> uh, Although we actually do have pretty fast skiers on our group, 
that are yeah. um, my age age range. But uh, let's not uh, dwell on that. But um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to uh, to mention. Uh, you know, he's been with the team for a long time, yeah. and um, wish him well. Yeah, I, uh, I I was actually I was genuinely sad when I saw his post because it's mm-hmm. I. I, I, this is going to sound bad when I say it because I'm I'm in feeling inarticulate at the moment. But um, I, I had high hopes for him, and he didn't quite reach those hopes. Not, and I don't mean mm-hmm. that to sound like oh he failed. I just mean it as like n- sport and biathlon. I think in particular when you're coming from a nation, a federation that doesn't have just endless resources, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard, and it is. Um, not everybody makes it to the top of the highest mountain and and i but he still had some pretty awesome experiences and um yeah uh i i I just want to echo what you said and that um thank you uh thank you for for racing and you know it's it's tough to to lose him and uh you know the things he did to to keep trying and and uh like he trained Mm -hmm. in norway for the last two years i think and um, he was actually doing, you know, um, his stats were, it's not like they were declining. If anything, nope. they were getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's hard yeah, to lose him as well. Back to back years. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Um, I one I other thing. You. Sorry. I just, I, no, I just wanted to mention uh, after our last episode, we got two responses on email from David from Seattle and Christopher. Christopher, I guess, from uh, Denmark. Um, thank you both for taking the time to uh, to respond to us. Uh, David had some uh, very kind words and interesting um, facts about um, our discussion on Joanne Reed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Before this episode, um, I was actually saying to Jordan that I felt like there was more I wanted to say about it, but at the same time, I didn't want to say too much more about it. Um, I, yeah, there, I couldn't find any, any news since the last episode. Not that I necessarily expected that, but um, I haven't heard anything of a, you know, change of guard at US Biathlon or anything. Um, there's a couple of things that still kind of, bug me about how us biathlon has dealt with it um i don't really want to get into the details because you know we just have a very low number of snippets from an interview with different people so i i don't know that it's hard to know if you don't know the context of their interview so i i don't really want to dwell on it i just uh yeah in the end i hope that um she gets the support that she needs i did find it interesting that the uh um what is it decentralized dis- disciplinary database on the uh, US Center for Safe Sport basically lists people that are have been penalized but this uh, garabic is not on there so I thought it was a oh. bit surprising but uh yeah um yeah it's As far as I'm concerned, let's leave it at that. I don't know if you had any uh, other comments or thoughts, but, no, but thank you, David, I, for your uh, your feedback. I, I, I actually, I did, I did, I wanted to echo that. Thank you for the feedback, and also, um, yeah, just 
I've actually had some long conversations with my dad about it just um, mm. as a as a human being who has been a fan of sports for a long time and and it's just it just makes it hard right how do you balance um your disappointment in an organization while still trying to support them and it's just it's difficult um and uh that's something that i personally struggle with so uh and i just want to say that if you see me posting very optimistic and happy things about us biathlon over the next several weeks as you know the world championships and everything else like i'm i i just want to make it sure plain i i 100 support the the athletes out there and and everything like that mm-hmm. even if i'm disappointed in the way the organization as a whole has has done this and and it's sort of yeah. a fine line to walk i don't want to i don't want to punish the athletes and like not support them because of decisions that other people made so i it, right. i feel weird about it and i i don't want people to think that i'm just like oh brushing it under the rug and ignoring it not that I right. think I'm such a big force that people really care what I have to think, but it's just, it's tough. And, and I yeah. just, I struggle with it a lot. Yeah. Um, Christopher's email uh, was slightly different. It was about pronunciation. I think it's fair to say right off the bat that um, it's never going to be perfect. Um, we also, you'll, you'll hear later, uh, some of our pronunciations are just completely off and, uh, we don't, we, we always try to pronounce everything as, uh, good as possible with all respect. And if we make a mistake, we apologize. But, um, he gave, for example, uh, Carolina Knoten with a K, but then, uh, uh, is also starts with a K, but then it sounds like a, a sh. He gave great examples of how to pronounce it, by the way. So um, I think that was awesome. I think um, uh, Christian Wolf corrected me when we talked to him last, uh, when I, I keep saying machus, and I think it's machus. Um, but I think everybody knows what brand I'm talking about. But uh, thank you for, for those corrections. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just pretty hard to uh to keep track of of all the pronunciations and um then you hear you know french people saying johannes ding is bow and then a german says johannes ding is bow and it clings different or clings geez now i'm throwing dutch in there but um (laughs) it sounds different so at some point it's even hard to know what you hear on tv if it's right or wrong um he he said it's uh the nordic letter an o with a diagonal line through it and it's uh, so let's try to say uh, from here on or jtb <laughs> but or, or just, uh, yeah christopher I'm just thanks call him tennis uh, because because they're I think yeah, that's a unique enough. name yeah yeah but even that we could probably mispronounce i'm sure i just did right yeah yeah <laughs> i actually i but wanted to anyway, say i we, i really yeah. appreciated him him writing in and there've been a couple of people who have reached out on on twitter or x or whatever you want to call it uh, with pronunciation guide things as well. And I'm I'm very upfront that I, I joke a little bit that I call it dyslexia. That, that's a bad joke because people really do struggle with dyslexia. But um, I for me, for any foreign language, I took years and years of Spanish. Like I can listen to people speaking Spanish and understand it. I can read it and I can understand it. I can write it, no problem. When I try to get my tongue to say it, what I hear my mind saying and what comes out of my mouth are completely different 
And, um, it, you know, I, I, sure? I, is it not the, the listening skills of Spanish people in the world that are the issue? <laughs> so, so, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I appreciate everyone's help and assistance and I will, I will I'll keep trying on it. And I mean that sincerely, if you hear something that, that I say in particular, like shoot me a message and I'm, I will do my best to, uh, to, to do it better. So, uh, Shirkidi, Shirkidi. I, I I appreciate the help. I'm going to keep working at it, and um, you know, uh, same with uh, Knoten. Um, so uh, we'll 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 keep at it. I really I really do appreciate it, and um, yeah, seriously. If, this if one is feedback... particularly tough for for me because in in Dutch the K is a hard K, yeah, but in English it's not right. So then, yeah, yeah, it's uh, and I'm yeah, I'm sure there's you know depending on the letter that's coming after the K that determines how you pronounce it. But yeah, we'll do our best. Yeah, that's, we will. Uh, we will. And, and, and thank you again. Yeah. Like I, I sincerely, thank you. Um, I've actually received a couple other messages recently, just people listening. So thank you to that. Also, our, our listenership was up about like 15 to 20% over the last month. I don't know where everyone came from, why they, how they found us, but thank you. So, uh, that's, that's pretty yeah, cool. I really well. appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, do you want to go to our first set of uh, of of interviews that we did? Yeah, so so perhaps short introduction um, in this uh, spell of two weeks that there was no World Cup biathlon, we were um, just kind of curious to find out what people know about biathlon in the world. Uh, obviously, we didn't travel everywhere, but uh, we tried to cover a number of typical uh, nations in Europe, but also uh, some nations. Um, outside of Europe. And, um, it was just really fun to do a bit expensive, but, uh, we found a really good deal on the flights and, um, we tried to obviously be as respectful as we could with people from, from other nations and their language. And, uh, I really hope we had a lot of fun doing it. So, uh, I hope that, uh, you'll enjoy the first couple and then we'll do some more later. Yodley. And here we're on the border of uh, Norway and Sweden, and we have one person from each country that we asked about biathlon. Hey! Hi! You know biathlon? Biathlon? Nay. Oh. Ah, oh, hytte hytte. Yes, I know it. Nay, she's eating. I know it for sure. Oh, how's that? Can you tell me more? Ah, mm, it is a sport. Um, we have uh, the best in the world. It's like championships of Nuria and then some others can join us. We are the best, eh? Next year, Seba will beat Johannes. Nay, nay. He will not even be able to beat Daria. Not until he retires. Oh, you clunt the school. Okay, guys. Let's calm it down a little bit. Okay, okay. Let's calm down. Whoa, 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 whoa. It is hard for the Swedes to accept that we are the best men. But we both have a very good woman. Fantastic. Bra. Hola. And we got into this little cute uh, Italian little cafe. And uh, we asked a local person uh, if he knew biathlon. Ah, buongiorno. Hey. Ah, biathlon. 
I know, I know very well, but uh, are you recording only the music? I mean, uh, the sound? Yes. Ah, well, we here in Italia, we speak uh, with the hand, mm-hmm. so if you know see the hand, you know hear Italian. Oh, okay, well, let's try. But the Bialone is a beautiful, like the Doro and Lisa and the Lucas and Giacomelli. Now, uh, I have to go to finish my spaghetti. Ciao. Ciao. Grazie. Do you know uh, biathlon? No. Yes. Ah, yes. Do you know? Uh, no. Mm, Do you know biathlon? No. You know biathlon? No. No, it's a sport where... We have athletes cross-country skiing, and then they uh, shoot with their rifles. Ah! Bang, bang! Yeah! Do you know it? No. Alright, so uh, those were the first three of our interviews, and... Um as you'll as you'll hear, uh, RJ conducted the interviews. I was just there as the sound man. I was, uh, you know, with the with the recording equipment and everything. And and um, yeah. So uh, what was what was your takeaway from from your uh, from your interactions? Well, it started off with uh, with a bang. I would say uh, we mm-hmm. know that there's a healthy rivalry, of course, between Norway and Sweden. Uh, we didn't necessarily uh, expect them to uh, start a fist fight, almost. But um, <laughs> so it was pretty bad, you know. Yeah, I was getting a little nervous there. I thought maybe I was going to have to separate yeah. them, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was just fun to do to just briefly talk to you know complete strangers, and even in a nation where the sport is big, you never know if the people you talk to are mm-hmm. actually uh, familiar with the sport. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> with the language barrier, we uh, in Morocco was a bit of a harder discussion was, yeah. to have, but um, it was still. Uh, nice to travel there yeah i think downhill skiing is a little bigger in in morocco um <laughs> uh, sand so, dune skiing <laughs> that's actually um, a thing did you know you know yeah. uh same i didn't know that um yeah next time we go we'll have to we'll have to check it out uh it was a little difficult in italy so so he was the the gentleman that we interviewed you know talking about uh you know, speaking with hands and a couple of times he almost knocked into the microphone. So it was, uh, it was, it was close, uh, came out of there with a couple of bruises, but, uh, no, he was very enthusiastic about Doro and, uh, and Vitozzi and, and Giacomel and Hofer. So, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully his, his team can represent well, uh, in the upcoming world championships. Um, before we get to a couple more, did you want to quickly go over, uh, Nova Miesto? Which I'm also mispronouncing, I'm sure, but I'm sure we are. Yeah. So um we we've made mention a lot of weather this year. I think we did it last year as well. I think it's just sort of uh part and parlay of the of of biathlon these days, but it has been sort of gross in in Novomesto this uh this winter. It's it's been more spring like conditions, temperatures recently you know anywhere like well 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 above freezing they had a huge storm this weekend that downed some some limbs and they're really working hard to get the course restored i actually think that it was so windy today that there was no training um because they wow. it was just it wasn't safe so um so the did you see any the, pictures of of the area like is it is it still fairly white or 
No, not at all. I mean, there's there's a white strip for the course, but they're working really hard to to maintain it. Mm. There's no white anywhere else. It's just brown. Um, mm. Yeah, but they're they're working really hard. Hopefully, to maintain we'll it. be filled with the crowd. Yeah, right. hopefully. Now there is good news on the horizon. So there's a cold front that's supposed to finally come through on Monday or Tuesday. So all of the races up through the pursuits will still be quite warm and sloppy. Think of how Oberhof mm. was last year or this year. But after that, the temperatures during the day are only supposed to be a little above freezing, like one to two degrees. Uh, there's supposed to be some natural snow that comes down and then at night getting significantly under or below freezing. So um, hmm. course maintenance should get a lot better for the second half of the races. Um, so if we can just make it through the first the first half, we'll, we'll be in much better shape. Well, and I think the around zero, I mean, I know for classic, that's the hardest temperature, but I think for skating, it's also because... Mm-hmm. You never really know if you're dealing yeah. with frozen stuff or wet stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and if you look at the times of the races, a lot of them are late afternoon into the evening. So those start mm-hmm. numbers, especially for the individual, could be really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's one of those races, if it's one of those days where it's getting down, if the temperatures are going down, you might see some some really good results from people who end up in the second right. half of the second half of the field. Um yeah, it could be a lot of fun. Although, I don't know if you've ever skied on a track that was sloppy during the day and then froze up in the evening. Nope. Because that's not fun. Gross. Yeah, it's just gross. I well, see. because all the tracks are frozen up, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah. can be really dis- disturbing for the balance. But uh, There was a we'll, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty similar thing happened in, uh, at the European Championships and the um, the Norwegians stuck all of their athletes in the back half of the field and it paid off really well. Now, okay. was that just because they're the Norwegians and they're the best or was it because of the conditions? I don't know, but, um, and which, anyway, which, so, uh, discipline, uh, I believe it was the sprint. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought maybe they did it for the mass start or something to give the rest of the field. <laughs> <laughs> give, give everybody an shot. advantage. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hang out in the back for the first two laps and then we'll, uh, yeah. we'll catch up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so so that I, was. I uh, wanted to say something more about that, but I'll I'll wait for later because I, <laughs> I well, yeah, combine we'll it with something else. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, so there was that, and then and then I wanted to close a loop. We had discussed the women's relay or the women's team for Norway. Um, they hadn't yet announced it when we recorded our previous episode, and there was the there were the European Championships. It was Idalian and uh, Shirkidi Shirkida. Again, I got the first half of the name. Now it's time to work on the second half. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, so, and uh, they ended up going with Leanne uh, for the for the for the team, even though she didn't have quite. They, they were both very good at the European Championships, but she was very good in the relay, and I think she's got the speed that they were looking for. So they went with her for the World Championships. Um, she's got more experience, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So. Because um, how old is uh, Idaline? She's twenty six, and Marin is oh. twenty. So definitely yeah. more experience. Um, not, I mean, Idaline is not old, but she's she's been it's there. It's funny, times. right? Because for every other nation, you could be like, you know, Shirkaida is only twenty; she'll have her chance. But with Norway, yeah. you just never know if yeah. there's like six other eighteen year olds coming up. And sure, yeah. But, well, it, I mean, a year I think, ago. Eager decision would have been a really tough one, right? Yeah. 
Well, because think about it, a year ago, Philip Field Anderson was supposed to be on the World Cup team. There was the mix-up. He goes to the IBU Cup, gets COVID. And the thinking was, well, he's still really good. Maybe he'll be back next year. Now he's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a pretty pretty thin line, pretty fragile. But anyway, so that's the the way they went. I'm kind of interesting, interested to see uh, if they end up running her in the relay or, or what happens here. I guess, it, yeah, I, I'm just really curious where they where they end up starting her. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I, I was reminded of was that you did some research a couple of years ago You needed a, uh, you made a big, a big post about it, uh, about course lengths. And I yep. went back and looked at it, I pulled up the old, the old posts and you worked with Biba. You, she generously gave you access to some mm-hmm. of her GPS data. And I believe Nova Miesto was actually one of the shorter, uh, sprint courses. It was, it was like okay. between one and 2% shorter than uh than what it was supposed to be so uh than the yeah so the no, 7.5 kilometers very well changed of course yeah they could have yep uh, but i just was but, i yeah. thought that was interesting so just yeah no that's uh yeah. keep in mind um go forward as well um i'm gonna start with a question yes for both men and women can you name the the top um active athletes that are we are anticipating to to start again this mm-hmm. time with the most races at Nova Mesto since 2010 at the World Cup level. Just individual mo- races. Most races, period? Yeah. I would so, imagine. So how many times a day I've participated in a race Tariobo in Nova Mesto? Would, I would imagine be one of them. Yeah. Ader. He's third. He's been around for ages. He's the, the most, 23. Um. I'm just trying to think of my older athletes. Veer. Veer is the most for women. Um, who are some older athletes? Uh, is Fock is Fock up there? He's up or, there. He's uh, 19, just behind Tarja. Dole. I'm thinking of my older men before my older women. Yeah, no, he's uh, Dole is not in the top five. It's actually JT Bo. Whoa. 16. Huh. Interesting. I just thought he's a little women, bit younger. I, I have uh, 30 now, but. Uh, Hauser. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. 16. Uh, Vitoti, yeah. 15. And then Baiba Bandika, 14 races. No kidding. Yeah. Baiba. <laughs> um, that's, I, I, I would not have guessed Baiba. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I thought too. Now, who amongst them has the most success at <laughs> Nova Miesto? Um, well, I know. Yeah. Did Did you look it up, or I mean, I I, I looked it up as well. Yeah. Um. Well, I tried to like obviously JT Bo is is just yeah, um, just incredible, right? Mm-hmm. It's just no. Like I looked at, uh, so he has 16 races yeah. in that time frame. Uh, obviously, his his best rank is first. Uh, his worst <laughs> rank is 12th. Yeah. His average rank is fourth. Yeah. And his average course time rank is also fourth. And of the 16 races, he had nine podiums. Yeah. Um, but what surprised me a little more is that uh, Francisca Preutz is the 
woman with the highest uh, average rank of eighth. Uh, so she has 12 races, highest rank third, average rank eighth, and then the lowest rank 16. Hmm. And two podiums. I would not have guessed that. So a couple of uh, JT both stats for you. Um, in Novimesto, he has a podium percentage of 56.3%, um, which is the third best of any any venue for him. He has finished first or second in nine of the last 11 races. So You know what the worst part is? That I cannot escape this feeling that he's not having a great season so far. I, yeah, there was actually an article about um, from I, I, or, I don't remember where it was, but there were some some commentators in in Norway who were saying that they were criticizing his his training regimen, and that was the reason why he's not having a great season. And then I was sitting there and I was like, oh yeah, I can see that, you know. And I was like, but wait a minute, he's still he's leading the World Cup by like a hundred yeah. points. <laughs> and, yeah, it, but I. I cannot imagine it would be the case, but it's almost like he's just kind of taking it easy to, you know, yeah, yeah, go full out at the World Championships. It, uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it would not surprise me at all if he won. If he won the sprint, he won the pursuit, and he won the mass start, and you know, just as incredible. Yeah. But he can he'll he'll generously donate the individual to somebody else this year. I'm not sure who, but well, yeah. I think that might depend a lot on the ski conditions too, right? Yeah. Or, well, shooting conditions, perhaps, better. Yeah. Um, do you know where his best two venues are in terms of podium percentage? Mm-hmm. Uh, Oslo? One nope. The only 50% in Oslo. Only 50%. Slouch. Huh? Although he has an active streak there of eight straight podiums and six six straight victories. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's um, honesty, uh, 78.6% and Antholtz is 62.5%. Oh, I was thinking Antholtz. I wouldn't have yeah. picked honesty because that his Bambi picture is just ingrained yeah. in my memory. Yeah. So yeah, I would. He's run 14 races in honesty and won eight of them. <laughs> not, not podiumed no. in eight, won eight of them. <laughs> no. Oh man. Well, even I... on his, um, uh, his, um, Individual races in Novemesto of the eleven individual races, he won seven. Oh man! In the last ten years, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Just... So speaking of 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 the bows, uh, Tarje also very very good in Novemesto. No and kidding. As I was, yeah. As I was as I was looking back, the number of times that they have both been on the podium, I don't. I didn't actually do the research, but I it, I would not be surprised if Novemesto was where they did it the most frequently. And who else yeah, is having could, a really good, good season? It's Taribo, who's what third overall right yeah. now. So could be in in uh, oh, right. for a couple of those. By Dale, right? Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. He's really he's, he's slumping. But, yeah, it's just. Uh, but I am happy to see that. Um, let's see. So for the athletes with the most flower ceremonies, so we have the Bo, Bo brothers, QFM. Uh, and then Jakob Fuck. Ooh. He has, uh, so since 2010, mm-hmm. uh, he has two wins, one third, one fourth, one fifth, one sixth place. Wow. 
that that would be fun. I would be really I, excited to see that. Um, I'm, I'm, I mentioned earlier that I wanted to say something about Norway in the yes. context of somebody else. Yeah. Um, I was diving a little deeper into Jakob Fuck because I think we never really mention him in the sense of, you know, being a very experienced athlete because, you know, he's still, what, five years younger than Seminator? <laughs> yeah, he's a spring, spring chicken. But, you know, he's uh, 376 World Cup races. That is insane. Of which, um, like, 299 individual. He has yeah. eight wins, 27 podiums. Um, started, well, according to the stats, he started in the 2006-2007 season. Um, and, and what made me think about him more in particular is there's always athletes that are really, really good, but it feels like they just are racing at the wrong time. Yeah. You know, when you were a great tennis player, a female tennis player at the time of Steffi Graf or Navratilova, yeah. you know. You could be basically the best of the world if it wasn't for them. Yep. And yep. if you think of fuck, he's raced against Olaina Bjorndalen, Rafael Poiré, <laughs> probably yeah. some races still against the top Germans and in, in their, yeah. you know, glory days. Uh not uh, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, Sven Fischer and he's raced yeah. against the Bow Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Martin Foucault. Yeah. And it like it just makes me wonder if those athletes ever have a feeling of man, if I could just have one season, yeah, where there was not somebody who has all the support and all the talent and all the, you know, the the, mm -hmm. the super athlete uh, status or you know the one that peaks above everybody else kind of thing. Yeah, but I don't it's, know. I no, I, I know still, exactly what you're saying. He has he has. 89 top 10s in his career. The fuck does. Yeah. So he, he very well might get to triple digits before he, it depends on how long he hangs around, but. I'm just looking on real on his, his current form last five races. So his ski yeah. speed, as you would expect in age is uh plus 2.2%, but his prone shooting 100% standing shooting 92.5. Hmm. And a shooting time average of ninety twenty or twenty nine point eight. So, if there is a day, you know, like the individual where the, the conditions are really bad and the the good shooters come forward, or the or the snow is really soft mm -hmm. and slow, yeah. and you know, a good day with for him. his, yeah. So I'm I'm really hoping that um, you know maybe this is one more world championship where he can. Uh, Get to the podium. Anyway, um, that's... Wanna, yeah, because I was thinking, like, how many other... I'm sorry? Oh, no, I was just thinking of, you know, tennis. I did the example of tennis is that there's individual players who are just, like, sort of exceptional. But to see something like we see now with Norway, you know, yeah. that, that yeah. they have to send down people and they still have, like, what, five in the top seven... Yeah, at the yeah. highest level possible. Um, I can only think of the Dutch speed skaters at some point. Yeah, that had a similar, but I can't really. 
it's just so many other sports have a different professional setup where you're not capped by nation right you would just you would just go to another team i guess i guess the uh former east germany and russia had similar situations but i i don't necessarily think that it was strictly based on super talent i think there were some other things involved super Um, being uh the optimum uh word there i think they were super mm. super athletes they were souped up a little bit (laughs) Yeah, um, maybe Super China in, in uh, gymnastics. Yeah, I think they they had a spell where they won pretty much everything. Yeah, um, but it, well, yeah, similar issue right now with American gymnastics, right? I mean, they've won; they've just been dominant in the the gymnastics team event for the women, and so it's there are women who probably could have made the team but didn't. Right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's one sport I have a really hard time watching. And not like I have a lot of respect for what they do. It's incredible. But I just don't understand it. Where every three seconds I'm cringing because I think somebody's going to break their back or, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, when they're doing the floor exercises and they do these backward, backward somersaults, uh, the number of women oh. who blow out their ACLs when they land is really mm. grotesque. Um, it's, it's really horrible to see. But we've really yeah. gone down the rabbit hole now. This yeah, is sorry. classic penalty loop podcast stuff. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we uh do some more interviews just yes, to uh, mix it. it up a bit let's do uh, it before we lose everybody okay <laughs> You're hello sir have you heard of biathlon oh well well biathlon you say young man perhaps not in its regular form so much as it's mostly mailmen and other regular folk doing that but we did invent the basis of uh, biathlon. Yeah, yeah. We'd, uh, we'd get some peasants to do our horses and get, the, get them ready and then release the hounds. And uh, me and my old chaps would sip some whiskey until five peasants came out and we'd shoot them. The, the pheasants, not the peasants, of course. Thank you very much. Bonjour, monsieur. Can you tell us something about uh, biathlon here in France? Oh, you mean uh, the biathlon? Mais oui, bien sûr. Le, let me tell you, we have some of the best in the world, uh, both in the men and the, fi- uh, the, the women. Uh, surely you have heard of them, uh, Quentin, Emilien, Justine, Julia, Lou, etc., etc. Uh, and bien sûr, uh, we, uh, you know of uh, Martin Foucault. He is the best ever. Uh, boy, he's also good. And Holle uh, Heiner Jundalen was good, but, uh, but uh, not as good as Martin. Absolutely. Vive la bleu! Hello, Dixie. Can you uh, please tell us a little bit about biathlon in Germany? Yeah, that's biathlon. That, that. I know that, of course, yeah, I know it very well. And the Germans are very good at it. Dixie, du bist dran. Uh, one moment. Ach, naja, das ist schade. Man muss natürlich ein bisschen Glück haben, um alle Scheiben abzurahmen. Und dann muss die, die gut bewachsen, die Schiller haben. Naja, und dann geht's los natürlich. Sorry, I'm back. Ach ja, uh, Biathlon. Ja, the people here in the crowds, they are so many, and they all know Biathlon well. And yes, it is always uh, very uh, gemütlich, and uh, like everybody is fun and friendly and cheering for everybody. Yeah, yeah, Biathlon. 
be the best sport in the, in the whole life ever. Oh, RJ. So, of those, which one was your favorite? Did you enjoy uh, our travels to uh, to Germany, to to Paris, to England? What was your What was your favorite trip there? Um, I think I've always really like I've I've listened to uh, Dixie. Uh, I, I even <laughs> can't recall his real name now, but um, uh, the commentator of the uh, German ARD, the TV broadcasting uh, company, and. Uh, He's just very knowledgeable and then has a pleasant voice and I think is one of those commentators that knows when to say something and not when to not say something. Um, so it was really cool to, uh, to talk to him. Mm -hmm. um, French, I always struggle a bit with how fast they speak, but uh, it was still really nice <laughs> to, to talk to him and their, um, yeah. you know, a love for their, their greatest star. And then, uh, yeah, England, even though not far from France and Germany, still... A very different uh, culture when it comes to uh, shooting and uh, exercising <laughs> to some degree. Shooting pheasants, not peasants. I just wish you could have seen RJ's yeah. face when when the gentleman mentioned shooting them, and and it was it sounded like he said shooting the peasants, and RJ yeah. uh, was sure looked stricken there from it. But, um, <laughs> I really wish that we could have gotten our uh, our French friend uh, together with our Norwegian friend. I think that they would have had a nice little nice little debate there about who was been, the best uh, yeah. um very from a, for sure. just from a, a a personal standpoint uh recording in germany was very difficult because i know you could hear the band there playing in the end and it really messed with the audio so we really struggled to to get that under control but man they yeah. just uh, yeah, those, was those guys good were party were, going on they, oh well it was it was a hell of a party and um we um any other any other takeaways from the the for those those particular interviews no, I yeah. Think, uh, yeah, it was that was that was that was a fun little uh, fun little jaunt. I I thought. So, um, uh, going back to Novemesto for for a few moments, if you don't mind, mm -hmm. um, yep. was was doing some research uh, on some some historical races, both there and at at Worlds, and I ran across. I had just dumped this from my memory. The uh, in the 2018 2019 season, there was a women's pursuit in Novemesto, and Good gracious! If you haven't seen it in a while, there actually is a. You can find it on YouTube. It is a, um, it's a Russian commentator, uh, for it. So, but you don't need the commentary just to to watch the race. The just jump ahead to the 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 last shooting. The wind is like absolutely howling, uh, left to right across the range, and it's it's Veer and Hannah Uberg uh, coming in to shoot, and Royceland is about twenty seconds behind them, and. So the wind is is just howling left to right. Uh, Vera shoots her first shot and then freezes because the wind dies, shifts, starts blowing into their face, and then so it's like really swirly. So she and and Hannah Oberk, who are traditionally quite fast shooters, they almost took a minute to shoot all five shots. Where Royceland came in and just fired away in twenty seconds. All all three of them went four for five, and Royceland ended up winning because. She just kind of came in there and, and went and, and Royceland, I think, benefited by being 20 seconds behind because she never experienced the mm -hmm. left to right crosswind. She came in after that had happened. So it never was in her memory. It was it was really neat to watch. Um, also, hmm. the whole race was at night, which I had just I had no memory of. So it was really neat. But um, 
yeah, I, I will. I'll post a, a copy of the, the race link, on yeah. YouTube. But yeah, it was it was pretty mm-hmm. pretty neat to go back and watch it. Um, also, it was really weird uh, and alarming seeing Italy in green uniforms because I've only right recently they've only been in blue or in their their spaghetti sauce that, uniforms. Yeah. yeah so and was that pretty much solid green? Solid green, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So because um, I do think they also had a, a red, white, and green suit at some point, but. Yeah, this yeah was definitely remembered the, yeah. the full. Yeah, so that was a that was a fun one to go back and go back and revisit. A lot of the other ones were not surprisingly <laughs> wins for uh, JT uh, JT Boo uh, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, but Boo Boo excuse me. Yeah. Um, so uh, where I was really going to go with this was uh, one of the questions I posed to you last week was about um, athletes who. Uh, performed better at championships than at just regular World Cup events, and so I just did the most brief look at numbers uh, on Friday night. So, what two or three nights ago, and uh, there was a post by Ola Bronholm, who's a commentator for the the Swedish uh, TV, and um, it listed the men and women who had the most um, medals from the last several. Uh, Olympics and world, I think it was actually active athletes for Olympics and world championships. And so I used that and I looked at their individual, uh, like their world cup podium percentages, how they did at world championships and how they did at world and Olympics and was trying to identify who, you know, had a higher podium percentage at the, uh, the, the championship level events. Do you know who had the biggest jump? Men and women. Don't think too hard about it. Who comes to your mind first? No one, really. Yeah. So it I, was... I, uh, yeah. No, no. What were you going to say? Well, no, jump is always hard because... Yeah. Um, right, because you're like trying Bo to think of somebody have who... much to jump. Exactly. So that was that was the interesting thing. So he actually does have a jump um, mm-hmm. from World Cup to World. He goes from 49.3% to 53.6%, but... When you include Olympics, it goes down a little bit. So, uh, biggest jump uh, was uh, Sebastian Samuelson. Um, okay. And then followed by Barton Ponsoloma and Hanna Uberg. So, uh, just the Swedes really loving their really loving their championship level events. Yeah. No. The, the other thing that uh, came in my mind was the hard thing with comparing that, is, and I mean, it's always hard to compare, but yeah, um, yeah. that it's so dependent on the location, because I yes, I did some research on uh, people performing well and not so well, and if you look at Samuelson, he has yeah. uh, 13 races, average rank of 17th, and only one podium yeah. in it, um, Nova Mesto. And the Uber tiny, sisters. tiny sample sizes, you know, for some of these yeah. things, like Olympics. Yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 Fun with numbers. I'm not sure how much it actually means. And I was especially shocked with um, Elvira. So she only had six races, mm-hmm. but she never got better than seventh. Yes. Yeah. And her her average was 37th. Not good. And her worst was 63rd. Yeah. So looking back, and, you like know, trying to put the given pieces the fact together. That she's not great shape. Yeah. So trying to put the pieces together, uh, last year at Worlds, she uh, she was sick, and then I think so it would have been that was two thousand three, and then two. Didn't she miss 
some races, but she still she raced. She did, yeah. And then 2022 yeah. was the Olympics. And then 2021 was really before she got good. So it was, you know, it's just she hasn't really had a healthy. And I don't even know if I would call this a healthy healthy run at it. Yeah, now she's, of course, going to win three medals and make me look like a fool. I'm going to jump back to a discussion we had way back earlier because it bugs me that I forgot to mention with the number of the most number of races in Novomesto. Yes. Uh, Prima from the Ukraine is actually has 21 races just behind Seminator 23. Huh. We mentioned a number of other athletes, but not him. So interesting. But we can continue. Um, so was there anybody, is there anybody who, you know, on paper should be in the top of the athletes that you think will underperform or just not have a good world championship? Is there somebody you in particular have in mind or are you just asking in general? Well, I, I, I think I just mentioned uh, the Swedes uh, yeah. not being particularly good in uh, Nova Mesto. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say because so, when you look at the time period from 2010, you know, of course, there's some races of people when they were way younger or not as strong as they are now, but... Uh, I just, yeah, I was kind of surprised with Elvira Oberg and also Hannah Oberg with 13 races, average rank 21st and two podiums. I still, you mentioned that last week, but I still find it really shocking that there's currently no active athlete who has won in Nova Mesto on the women's side. It's really strange, right? Yeah. It's just so strange. Um and obviously, we don't have that problem on the men's side because Tingness is what, apparently what I'm calling him now. Uh, JT Boo as uh, Boo uh, has uh, all the wins in the world, but um, yeah, it's just very strange. It is it is amazing how with the women who retired recently, how many wins that they took with them. Um, I'm just surprised that that at some point Veer never won there or Vatozzi or something, but um, I know or, or Hana, but Preutz. Seymour. Right, right. Just a lot of women who Abouchet, yeah, there's so many think would have would have won there. So I, uh, I, I think for the women's side, there's just a, a lack of data, or I shouldn't say a lack of data, just a lack of history of success for so many mm. women. So I have no idea what to expect on that side. On the men's side, I would be I would be pretty stunned if uh JT Bo didn't come away with at least a couple of gold medals and in solo races. Stunned isn't the right word. Yeah. I, I, I would say I'm I'm expecting to see that. Um I think with the quality of the men on the, especially the Norwegian team, nothing would stun me with, with, you know, someone over there having a great race, but, um, Dole also looking great in sprint races this year. Yeah. Um, and Samuelson haven't looked great recently, but they've each had good races, especially Samuelson at the beginning of the year. We know that they do like peaking for championships. So if they came out on fire, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me either. So, um, mm-hmm. I just I think that the competition is going to be. I, I I could be wide open, right? I, I I especially on the women's side, I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, it's uh, that's a hard one to predict. Yeah, and yeah, I think it is. I think it really is. 
I will say somebody who we haven't mentioned at all, who I would love to see win a medal this year is Lena Hockey Gross. Um, Yeah. Just, it's been such a great year for her um, that that would sort of feel like the, the, the crowning achievement of a, of a great season that, and if she could somehow Mm -hmm. win the uh, individual uh, discipline globe, I think those two things would be pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, but. yeah, because I, you know, uh, Freud's could could really have a great championship. Oh yeah, if her health is is good. I mean, she's by far the the best when it comes to uh, average points per race. Yeah, for the for that time frame. Well, and also um, just this season, she has like the right. best yeah. average finish this year. So, um, you know, it, it could be a uh, a. a m- I think the somebody who has not been paying that close attention might be surprised to see her come away with a couple of medals or some some really high finishes, but it wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me to see her up there. Yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate that Anna Kabinger is not having a great I season. I think she's not even going to the World Championships. Uh, not the World Championships. She's last. not even racing at all right now. She's uh, she's at home trying to get healthy, and. Um, you know, I was really hoping that we were going to see her in in Canmore, but I'm not sure that that's even going to happen at this point. Um, yeah, it's talking about that. I I had a one of my team members ask me if we have a chance if we can set up a an interview with Dorothy Weir to get his uh, sure yeah rifle stock signed. But I'm yeah. like, well, I, I'm not sure if she's going to come because yeah, it's a lot of traveling and. Yeah, right. I, I think by that, that time, she, I'm guessing she's not really going for any globe. If she if she finished the season after Oslo, it wouldn't it would not shock me. No. The only reason I could see her coming is if she had decided this is my last season and I'm just going to erase the rest of the races. And yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Other than so, we have Preutz at almost forty points per race average. Yeah. We beer with thirty three, then the K Bigger with only two races at thirty two and a half, and then fourth is uh your friend Tandrevolt with almost hey. thirty two per race. Yes, Tangervolt also uh has a pretty good history in world championships actually, in terms of uh success rate of winning medals. Mm-hmm. But so. it's funny, yeah, you don't see just the chart that I have in front of me, but uh, so we're running average ranking. And so Preutz is kind of ahead with, say, 40, and then the next one is 33. But then they're all pretty close, right? And then mm-hmm. you look at the men. So we have uh, Johannes Tingensbo with uh, 64.3 points per race. And I calculated <laughs> the new scoring system for okay. all races. Uh, that's what I was going to ask, yeah. And then uh, second place is QFM with 43.3. So. Uh, 21 points less. Huh. Then we have Tarier at uh, 42.3. Emilien Jacqueline with almost 36. Ligret, almost 35. And Jakob Fuck with almost 34. Hmm. But the, the difference between the top athletes until they start kind of all merged together is just incredible. So, yeah, it's... Uh, that would be a major shock if uh, JT Bo is, uh, sorry, uh, is not raking the medals. In. Yeah, yeah. Last year he won seven medals and one medal in every race that he ran. But 
I, I don't I'm not gonna predict he's gonna win seven, but if he won five, like I wouldn't be shocked. Also interesting because he's only three behind uh Forcad, I believe, in the world championships medal count. Um wow. so he, that would put him in second place. Yeah, Forcad actually has more wins than Nova Mesto so far. Well I think he uh, had not, one not more. for long at the <laughs> No. But you know what? You you <laughs> you mentioned, you know. Not sure if he's going to do better. I would not be shocked if he gets a medal in everything he participates in. Yeah. So if he gets, if yeah, because no, I think you're right. You look at the team events, the mixed yeah. relay. Um, yeah. You know, Norway won four, Sweden won, Russia won, France won. Mm-hmm. The men relay, Norway won two, Germany won, and the women relay, Norway won two, Sweden won. Yeah. Although he'll probably won't participate in the women's race, but. <laughs> But I, I did find interesting that yeah. uh, apparently uh, Jacqueline seems to like Nova Mesto. And does. With the horrible yeah. season. Well, not horrible, but disappointing season. Disappointing, yeah. Uh, he's had so far. Who knows? Maybe this is his uh, time to shine because he's had it before, if, right? Where he did if well he comes out of here with a couple medals. Yeah, that's not no. disappointing anymore. No. Yep. Um, also, interestingly enough, we... I I just thought this was an interesting, interesting number for Jacqueline. But, um, he has of the of all those people like the the top 20 basically for for active for uh, olympic and world championship medals uh jacqueline has uh the second highest percentage of his total podiums as world championship podiums if that makes any sense oh yeah yeah so so nearly 20 oh, percent of all of his total podiums happened at the world championships that's a better way of putting it you know i'd be really happy for him yeah I mean, yeah. who wouldn't? But yeah, that'd be that'd be uh, that'd be really good to see. Talking about Frenchmen, um, I am really sorry for Antonin Giguna. Uh, yeah, uh, not yeah. being on the team, even though uh, I think he did really well in his last races on the IBU Cup. I think he mm-hmm. won one and uh, had some really good sto- scores. Um, but you know, a bit of a similar problem to Norway, although not to the same extent. But uh, you know, you got to move the young ones up, I guess, at some point. Um, and did you, athlete. Hold on one second, uh, if you don't mind. Did you see that um, the French didn't send any women or any men to the juniors races this last uh, this last weekend no, because um, of budgetary issues, which I thought was interesting. We can save that, that whole topic for another time. But the, Wasn't that the, last year too? Yeah, that, that, the, that, French, at some that point, the French would be having budgetary issues is a little bit worrisome i think but um yeah so i guess it depends on yeah let's not go into it but it, i think it depends on the level that athletes can have a really good sponsorship personally but maybe the the biathlon federation in the nation or the olympic sure. committee that supports them maybe don't have a lot of money but <laughs> no i was gonna we were talking about ibu athletes um i'm a little shocked with stina nielsen uh, yeah. I think her last race that she raced, she was like 76. Um, you know, we, she, she had a, she had one podium, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we've already wondered a bit about her, her decline in speed compared to her cross country skiing and then struggling with the shooting. So it's, uh, it's tough to see that somebody's trying to make the jump and, uh, not succeeding in the first couple of years, but. It's it's interesting to watch the with her and Lompich coming across at the about mm. the same time. Just the difference, the different way. Because 
Nielsen just hasn't maintained the speed in the same way that Lompich has. Um, right. And it's just not not that Lompich is having like overwhelming success, but like she's able to be competitive uh, in spite of poor shooting because of just right. maintaining that just ridiculous speed. But Lamp- it, quick guess: average course rank time for Lampage in Nova Mesto. Zero. Has she ever won there? Has she? Did she race there last year? She's done two races, and oh, she was she the was, fastest in both. Was she, which is was not she first both time? Yeah, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, Shall we go to the uh, the last real series quick? Of you interviews? reminded me real yeah, quick, yeah. real quick. So uh, this goes all the way back to our discussion at the very beginning. Anna Ondexer, uh, who I was talking about, mm-hmm. she is right now something like fourteen point two percent better than the median Junior Cup uh, woman, uh, which would be a record. Not that Junior Cup's been around for that long, but um that number will certainly go down yeah ski speed yeah that number will certainly go down but as the competition goes up with the with the junior european championships and junior worlds but it's just sort of an an outrageous number right now (laughs) wow yeah it it, the normally the fastest woman is about eight to ten percent faster than median and she's at like i said 14.2 percent do you think they're gonna have to come up with a rule that even in the sprint people can be lapped like it's ridiculous right get, yeah you get passed by one athlete and then she passes you again <laughs> again in the same race? or yeah it's just hard right like if you're wow if you're seven minutes back when you leave the range for the second shooting i don't know but um all right so we've got a few more interviews we want to touch on and then we'll uh we'll we'll close it out yep let's okay. do that Yodley. And we're in Austria now, talking to Anton, and uh, he will tell us a bit more about biathlon in Austria. Grüß dir, ich bin der Anton aus Tirol. Und natürlich kenne wir Biathlon in unserem Tiroler Wald. Anton, can you speak English, please? Was? English. English. Ah, natürlich. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we know the uh, biathlon here. Every year we find... Uh, Nach Hochfilzen, and then we drink a bit of schnapps and watch the biathlon. And then you watch uh, the Austrians? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we watch the Lisa and the Simon and all the other, all the other uh, Österreicher. And then Simonator is still a pretty big hero here in Austria? The Simon? Yeah, natürlich. We went to Schule together in Salamsee. Okay, so you know him quite well. You, uh think he's gonna keep racing next season yeah yeah why not he's still young and if he retires you have to uh start looking for a real job okay thank you very much for your time talking to us have a good one Chris scott oh and thank you for the yodel at the podcast that is your super come off Hello, Meneer. Can I ask you about biathlon? Oh, uh, biathlon? Uh, uh, athlon, uh, is that uh, long distance running with uh, bisexual people? No, no, we're looking at uh, skiing and shots. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know that. We call that uh, apraskiën. First we go skiing down the mountain and then uh, we have lots of shots in the in the pub. Yeah, <laughs> that is gezellig, man. I, lo- I love it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. Thank you very much.
G'day sir, do you know biathlon? Yeah. Biathlon. Biathlon. Aye. Funny you ask, I've heard of that. As a matter of fact, I know the lads that do the commentary. Ah, uh, let me see. Some tiny fellas. Ian. Ian Woods from Dalbaiti. And then uh, we got Mikey. Mikey Dixon, that's right. Now where was the lad from? King Sassy, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that must be. Oh, bless me, that's been a while. We all used to march down to the Loch McDoodle and play our pipes and look for the big deer. And by the time we found it, we were so done for, we saw five of them. Perfect for biathlon practice. Aye, biathlon. That was great. Thank you very much. Hi there. Have you have you heard of biathlon? Hey there, fellas. Biathlon with them little 22s toy guns. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Very popular in Florida here, especially around Orlando. But you know, here in God's country, we don't just sit there and limit ourselves to five targets only. And then with them tiny little bullets. They ain't gonna hurt no fly. Sounds like a little dumb to me, if you know what I'm saying. Better to just wipe out the whole damn target range out with the real guns. And you avoid the skiing too, you know? Yeah, that'd be something. And now in lane one, BOOM! <laughs> Good luck, son, and all the best to ya. Well, those were our uh, the the last set of interviews, and uh, my dog actually had some some thoughts yeah. about them. Your um, dog is falling asleep. <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> Austria, Holland, Scotland, and and uh, the United States there, and um, I have to say that uh, you know we we actually just walked outside and interviewed somebody from uh, from the United States, and and uh, fairly representative of most of my my countrymen. Um, so uh yeah, a little little confused why we use the the pea shooters, but um what do you think of everybody else? Well, it was interesting that the uh the backgrounds are so authentic all the time, right? It is. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. 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 But um yeah, it was yeah. fun to be uh in Holland and and show you around a little bit. So uh, It was. Yeah. That was cool. And then uh Scotland obviously uh we as you can hear didn't have the best weather, but uh yeah. still a great gentleman to talk to and uh Mm-hmm. Very uh, cool that he knows the uh, commentators. I yeah, it was pretty neat. I think we purposefully yeah. kind of held back on uh, our opinion on their commentary yeah, occasionally, but uh, insult his friends. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah, I <laughs> I, just, I really liked the Holland interview because clearly, you know, we just weren't getting anywhere. So <laughs> yeah. just ah, well, you know, we'll just we'll just cut it yeah. cut it short yeah, here. Thanks a lot. Yeah, move on. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I appreciate it. Um, and then but, our our Austrian friend, you know, uh, uh, a childhood friend of Simonator. How cool is that? I know, going to school together, and uh, yeah, yeah, still supporting him. So yep. that's pretty, uh, pretty neat story. What a chance! Although I'm not of sure that Ader's really going to need to get a real job. He's been, you know, sponsored long enough. Hopefully, he's put a little money away, and he can get a job yeah, somewhere else. Yeah. if he chooses. Yeah. I, I think he was referring yeah. more to you know the combination job of uh, uh, guard or a uh, patrol. 
no, ah, sorry, yes, I see what you're saying. Border Patrol, yeah. and yeah. Uh, now he's yeah. going to have to find a, an actual yeah. job. So an actual job. Yep. Yeah, um, absolutely. Anyway, it was really fun to do. I don't know if we'll uh, have a chance to go out again in the future, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I, you know, I, I really wanted to go to to Australia at some point in the future. Um, I think uh, that'd be fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know. I don't know that we'll be able to get uh, into into Russia, um, you know, at any point in the near future. Uh, no. But uh, at some point down the road, maybe you know, fifty years from now, it'd be fun just to to get their perspective. And it would on be it good well. to see uh, if the Olympics, recent Olympics in China and uh, Korea, yeah. have had any. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Positive impact on. Uh, yeah. Yep. On biathlon, yep. but uh, yep. yeah, maybe for the future. Yep, absolutely. Mexico too. No, anyway, they've got any... some athletes. Oh, Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So. Um, yeah. Many thanks to anything uh, else that came up. Yeah, I was. And many thanks to RJ for planning our 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 vacation. Our uh, it was not much a vacation. It was a it was a working trip. We were oh, you know, working catching trip. flights yeah, about yeah. every day. Not sponsored by Mashus. No, not sponsored. <laughs> no, no. This is this is purely out of pocket. Um, um, any uh, any special predictions for for the World Championships? Nobody's listening by now, so uh, this is when you can give us the real money value. Uh, if anybody wants to go gamble Jacqueline. on it. Okay, and, yeah. and Preutz, even though it's not really a, a gamble, but uh, no, I think that's, I think that's a good. I names. think yeah. Baiba Bendika is going to get a medal in the single mixed. Yeah, yeah. How cool would that be? And and um, just of note, they did have a. I want to say this right. Third place in twenty two twenty three season. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Mm-hmm. In a sixth, right? They were fifth or six, fifth, sixth. They were in the. They were in the. No, they were third. No, no, no. This year, last time, last single mixed relay oh, this yeah, year, yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah, yeah, they had a really good result too. So, uh, yeah. and she's been uh, able to uh, fill her tank with baby love, and um, well, probably not with rest because I don't think she really knows what that is. But uh, <laughs> no, um, um, yeah, no. I, I'm really uh, looking forward to see that uh, combo go. Um, no, not, not with rest at all. Did you, have you seen any of her, her Instagram posts recently? No. Well, yeah, two or three, but, um, oh, it just, she just looks like she's having good, good cuddle time with her little boy and oh yeah, looked yeah. like she was really enjoying being a mom. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully that uh, there is something to be said for, um, having that emotional energy at its, uh, at its mm-hmm. highest. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hopefully she can come out and. Yeah, just kick ass for a little while. That would be pretty amazing. All right, so uh, thank you for listening to our seven-hour podcast. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we might have to cut some of it. Just kidding. Um, but it, it, seriously, we had we had fun with this. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the action getting yeah, going in a couple of days. Please let us know uh, if you if you would like to us to do some more interviews in the future. Absolutely. Uh, one hundred percent. It's something you you like. So yeah, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll let you listen in a week again in a week with some uh, World <laughs> Cup news, yeah. World Championship news, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so so yeah. if you're if you're still paying attention, we should have a podcast out after the pursuits. Uh, it'll come out on Monday morning, so a week from now. And uh, so we'll cover the first half of the world championships and then we'll do it again after the, after the final mass start. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. 
Have a good one. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the World Championships, and we'll talk soon.